Lord, your love is the love that began before the world, before the universe was created, your love. Your love has existed, it has created, it has transformed, and it is in us today. It is here in this room, God. And so we thank you for your love that during the toughest times in our life, it's been there. Your love during the best times in our life, it's been there. That your love never stops. So, Lord, we thank you so much for your love today. We pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said... Amen. Please have a seat. So today is Mother's Day, I hear. Uh, I'll be heading off to CVS on the way home for a gift, a quick gift, like the rest of the guys around here. I got to get my story chair going. This is my, this is my little story, story chair. Come on, guys. You know what I'm talking about. You know, just pick up the little, uh, no, no, it's all Tiffany's around here. Okay, I got you. Way to, way to make the rest of us guys, us other guys, look bad. Um, yeah, so Mother's Day is here, and, and we have an opportunity to reflect on the gift of love that we have and the love that we experience through moms. And what we discover through the scripture today is that love is not necessarily something, and mothering is not something necessarily that just comes biologically. But actually, uh, that love that we experience through moms is something that comes from God. And it's, it's a special supernatural love. And it's a love that's, that actually anybody can experience and, and communities of people like ours can extend to people in their times of need, and in their times of joy, so even a church like this ends up becoming and stepping in and mothering families a lot of times during tough times. It's a, it's a beautiful thing, the love of a mom. And if we recognize that it comes from God, we have all the opportunity today to, uh, to make Mother's Day all about God and all about praising God. And so today, uh, we're going to step into our Jesus Revealed message again. And we are going to, we are going to talk about uh, a moment in the life of Jesus. It was right before he was arrested. It was his last opportunity to sit with his disciples inside of an upper room where he had had the last meal of his life. And during that meal, he, at the end of that meal, he began a prayer. And it was a prayer for the disciples. And uh, I don't know if you have ever um, been with someone on the last night of their life before. Um, you always remember everything that they said. You, you remember uh, every, every word that you heard them say. And... So when people talk about, are these really the words of Jesus? I think, gosh, you know, how could, how could you forget what Jesus said on the last night of his life? And if you've ever been with someone who, who knows it's going to be the last night of their life, there's this odd kind of uh, suspension that the human being has between the eternal and what we experience here. There's this supernatural sense 
this, this kind of buoyancy in the human being. And, and so Jesus is talking to them from this thickness that's in the room. That they know that he is going to the cross. They know that he's going to his crucifixion. And it's, it's with that depth that Jesus prays this prayer with the disciples for the disciples. Listen to these words of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I ask, Lord God, I ask God, not only on behalf of these, the disciples, that's the these, not only on behalf of the disciples, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. As you, Father, are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given them, so that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may become completely one, so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I desire that those also whom you have given me may be with me where I am. Let's just, just not rush past that. Father, I desire that those also whom you have given me may be with me. Imagine that, being with Jesus where I am, to see my glory which you have given me because you have loved me before the foundation of the world, a love that exists before the foundation of the world. Righteous Father, the world does not know you, but I know you. And these know that you have sent me. I made your name known to them, and I will make it known, so that the love with which you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. After Jesus prayed these words, he left the room with his disciples, and then he was subsequently arrested according to the account of the Gospel of John. This is the last big speech that Jesus says to his disciples. And it's a prayer not just for the disciples, if you'll notice, but it's actually a prayer for you and for me. It's a prayer for each one of us. Have you ever known an uncommon love before? A special, powerful love from another human being? Now, as, as Mother's Day is here, I, I'm reflecting especially on mother's love in our life. And the beautiful love that I've had from my mom. I know that, that every person, even though you may not have a biological mom that's been important in your life, there's the, ch- there's the chances are that there has been someone who has mothered you, who has come into your life as a mom, and who has cared for you in an extraordinary way. Sometimes it's a teacher. Sometimes it's a biological mom. I remember putting my ear to my mom's chest as a kid, as a little child, and I would listen to her heartbeat. Did anybody else do that? Am I the only one? I'm just curious. Just one person. Two people. My father-in-law did that. Cool. And I remember listening to the heartbeat of my mom. And then I would listen to the breath. 
And I would try to match. I, I always thought she didn't know what I was doing, but I would try to match my breath to her breath. And I just felt so loved in those moments. And then there were other moments when uh, I remember coming home from college after being away for a long time. And then after college, I was away for a lot longer, sometimes a year. And I remember seeing her, and after everybody had already had their little hellos, and everybody had kind of disappeared, it was always me and my mom hanging out in the kitchen. And then she knew she was stuck. She was a captive, because I was going to make sure that she gave me a hug. Even though I, at one time, was smaller than her, and I used to put my head on her shoulder, uh, even as a big guy, I would still lean in on her, and she'd say, my back's hurting. (laughs) But I... I'd make sure that she wouldn't let go, and I would hug her for, for, for a long time. That's a special kind of love that you experience. Now, I wasn't sure if there were, that I was alone, and in, in I kind of wanted to find out what other uh, guys felt like about their mom, and kind of thought we should take a peek and, and hear some of our high school students here. So this, this week, uh, as, some, as a surprise to some of you, we interviewed some of our high school students and uh, we asked them about their moms. So take a look at this video and um, get to know how cool our high school students are. Is it cute? There we go. The word I use to describe my mother is encouraging. I think my mom is a great lady who is allowing I to be what I want to be, or to allow me to be what God intended me to be. One word I'd use to describe my mom would definitely be chill, because she's a huge part of my life, and I think that's just really chill. Just being there for your kids is just pretty awesome, so thanks, Mom. The word I would use to describe my mom is amazing. My mom is probably one of the most amazing people in my life, because she always encourages me to do the better thing in my life, and and I don't usually um, thank her for it, and sometimes I take it for granted, but I always love her and everything that she does for me. The word that I would use to describe my mom is radical. Honestly, I think my mom has been the most encouraging person in my life because she's really helped me with, like, people being mean to me at school and whatnot. And just every day when I wake up, she's just like, I'm so grateful to God that I have you. Uh, One word I would use to describe my mother all around is caring. She is the greatest person in my life at this point. The word I would use to describe my mother is amazing. She always shows me so much love. It's almost unconditional and... I always feel bad that I never sort of reciprocate the love towards her. Um, but what she does for me is amazing, and what she does for my family is truly amazing. The um, uh, one word that I would say to describe my mom would uh, be loving. I think that's something that she is, you know, in every aspect of her life, and that, you know, shows through in every, anything she does. Um, you know, her love really, um, you know, just shows through and that helps me um, show love to other people, being understanding um, to anyone, no matter who they are. And, um, you know, she's really taught me a lot about being a good person. And I really love her for that. And I think um, no matter what, she'll always be the number one woman in my life, definitely. (laughs) 
Can I get, I just want to thank those guys for participating in this and such good guys. See, there's, see, see, see ladies, there's hope. There's hope for the world yet. Don't, don't give up on guys. I remember just this last week, uh, I, my, my co-worker, Peggy Flynn, who has an office across from mine, we work together on almost everything we do here. Uh, I went into her office as I do every morning, uh, whether she wants it or not, and I say hello, and, and we sit down, and, and I noticed there was something wrong this last week. And she had a little bit of a stammer in her voice, and I, I said, you got to tell me what's going on. And, and she started to cry, and she said, the best thing ever happened last night. Catherine, my daughter, has accepted a job at Time, Inc. And then she said, but the problem is Time, Inc. is located in Birmingham, Alabama. And she has had Catherine attending USC, so she's been really privileged. I mean, not because of USC. I mean, she's lived close, right? Uh, Sorry, USC guys. Uh, I love USC. Okay, that doesn't work either. All right. So, but... Catherine's been really close to home, and so now Catherine is going away, and it's the hardest thing for Peggy, and I feel so privileged to be in that personal space and to see the love that Peggy has for her daughter and to hear about that love, and I get to see that a lot for, in, in your families and hear about those moments. Now, um, I have to say I'm going to be a little bit uh, shaken up as some of these kids are heading off to school in the next couple of years, and some of them are heading off in the next couple of months. And it's, it's going to be hard. And what I realize is that, that what God is doing in the life of our community is exactly what Jesus prayed would happen in community. He prayed that, that we would have this uncommon bond with one another, that the love of a mother would be the kind of love that we would have for each other. And I can't rap or else I'd keep going with that. But we actually have an opportunity to love each other in an uncommon way, despite the fact that we're broken and we're kind of grouchy sometimes, and that's not our natural disposition. You see, we could give ourselves as many 12-step opportunities and as many tips on how to extend this love to one another, but the reality is it's not a love that's normal. Look at our uh, election cycle, and not for long, because I don't want to cloud the room too much. But if you look at the elections, what is the one thing that everybody's trying to do right now? They're trying to unify, right? Unify the party, unify the nation. But you know, there's a special unity that happens among Christians and in Christian churches and in people who are following God. It's a unity that comes from God. It's not a unity that we can achieve or or work our way toward. It's something that just happens. And in this scripture today, Jesus is actually saying that this unity has a purpose. The purpose of this unity is so that people will believe. So that people will believe that Jesus Christ really did come. That God himself did come to earth in the form of Jesus Christ. And that Jesus Christ really did raise from the dead and we did really receive the gift of the Holy Spirit in the life of our church. And the reason for that is so that why would, we, why would it be important for people to believe? He says that, he, that the, the, the prayer of Jesus is that every single person in this world would have a love inside of them. The very love of God inside of them. The same love now, this is, this is where it kind of jumps off the cliff. It's the same love that Jesus has for the Father. 
Jesus has for his holy parent and the same love that the holy parent has for Jesus. What a perfect Mother's Day message. And the same love that exists with... Now, this is, a, this is kind of an important, important note. The Gospel of John starts with these words. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, Scripture teaches us that Jesus, when he was born, was not just, uh, just, just invented at that moment. That, that, that the Son is not something that just happened at that moment. But actually, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, this triune, tr- trinitarian God is something that existed from the beginning of time and before time existed. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word, the Logos, then became flesh and was named Jesus. Now, why is this important? I've talked to a Hindu friend of mine and he said, ah, you always criticize me for having many gods, but you have many gods. You have Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And I said, no, we don't. We have one God, but three, but one. But see, it's three. It's not three, but it's one. It's, it's, it's differentiated, it's distinguishable, but it's totally indistinguishable, and you can't differentiate. And he said, you sound confused. <laughs> but you see, it's really important to understand this because it means that God, at the beginning of time, before eternity, was not in isolation. That it was not God alone. That it was actually God in community. That it was God in fellowship. It was God in Love. That this exchange of love, this joy of love, this, this overflow of love is, is something that, that existed and predates anything we can imagine. It is God. That song that we were singing, your love is relentless. See, when we talk about love, we're not just talking about a thing. We're talking about God himself alive in our lives and in our hearts. And so when we talk about love today on Mother's Day, I hope that we would start to think about something that's not just a chemistry thing. That's not a biological thing that goes from from someone whose DNA matches another person's DNA. But it's it's a, a depth of caring. It's a depth of caring. Someone the other day asked me, hey, what was that definition of fellowship that we talked about a year ago? And I could not remember for the life of me. And then when I did, it just changed me. The definition of fellowship that I love so much is that it's a deep river of friendship. It's a deep, deep love. And it's a deep love, secondly, that has a common purpose. And that common purpose, Jesus says in this scripture today, is that we would share that love with the world around us. See, the world is broken. Jesus ends his scripture today and he says, Father, the world does not know you but I know you and I've made you known to them. And now they can experience your love and they can share your love with others. Even at the very beginning of the scripture, Jesus says, Father, I ask not only on behalf of these, but also on behalf of those that will believe in me through their words. See, we've become Jesus' disciples. And he's saying that the way that people will discover The love of God is not just through the words, but through the unity, through the, the, this love that not, not just 
It's not just a love that we exchange, but it's a a love that binds us to one another. So that even though some of these college students are heading off to college in a short time, and even though some of our family members may be leaving us, I always say whenever someone says, hey, they're going to another church, I'll say, you're just doing research and development. I know you're coming back. (laughs) But you see, there's this unity that exists. And it's not just about the local church. I, I was so excited when Brandon came back. Are you excited to have Brandon back? He's our, he's our sound tech, but he's, he's the guy that plays mandolin like nobody's business and drums and everything else. But he's part of a band called Rebel Light. And they just signed a record deal or a tour deal or whatever it is. And they traveled with the Mowgli's. Is that the coolest thing? Do you know who the Mowgli's are? They're the real deal. And so they, they toured the whole United States with the Mowgli's. And Brandon was talking today about how that people were just... It was amazing to see the way that they were unified in love at these concerts. Have you ever been to a concert where just people are unified? There's just power, powerful love you experience when there's unity. And, and he said you could, you could almost taste it. it. It was a real tangible thing. See, I love that he can come back and tell us that, that there's unity in Colorado Springs and there's unity in North Carolina and, and that, that that is something that we can experience and we can reflect to the world around us. It's amazing that after all of the travels that Brandon did, he looked at the cliffs, uh, he, looked at, he looked over the forests, he looked at a lot of freeways. <laughs> he, he, he was on a boat out in front of the uh, New York Harbor playing music. He was in apartments in Brooklyn. Isn't it amazing that the one thing that he took back after his travels, after going all around the world, all, well, all around the United States, for all of, all of you uh, isolationists out there, uh, it is the world. Um, <laughs> but, but he went all over the United States, and the one thing he came back with is this unity. That was what he wanted to share with us. What a powerful thing that we have. When we demonstrate unity to the world, people will come into this place of worship and they will, they will walk away and they will tell their friends and neighbors, they will say something special is happening in that space. Something powerful, something uncommon. It's almost as if something that's existed not just 2,000 years ago, but from the beginning of the world, that same love that created the world, it's creating something new there. And you've got to see it. And you're going to want to be a part of it. Wow. See, Jesus' prayer on that night so many years ago is coming, coming true today here in this space. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for the love that you have given us. We pray that every single person in this world, regardless of how far that they feel they have gone, will be drawn to you and they will be drawn into an uncommon community, a unity, a a love that binds. So God, we pray that you would transform this time that we have with each other from just being a normal time to being a time together and a time loving one another. And so we pray this in Jesus' holy name. And all God's people said, amen.